Chapter 4. The Motivations Propelling Events. Top Therapies. Cancer still the industry's main call to arms. Having established who our lead characters are, for our yarn to resonate with the reader, we need to look at their motivations and what they're hoping to achieve. This will propel the action and engage the reader since a character doing something in a vacuum is not very interesting. For instance, the title character of Patricia Highsmith's The Talented Mr Ripley, 1955, may be immoral, but because we understand why he's doing what he does, we're drawn along with it. This is analogous to our understanding the therapeutic forces of the pharmaceutical industry. What diseases is it trying to cure? Where is its focus? And what is motivating it to develop the drugs it does? As usual, we'll start with a bird's eye view, then zoom in more closely to unpick the character's motivations and the plot in more detail. Let's start by breaking down the R&D effort by the broad therapeutic areas which Pharma Projects uses. It seems that cancer has once again received a disproportionate boost from the overall pipeline expansion rate. With 8,480 drugs now in development for oncology, it has grown its footprint by 9.1%. With this, it returns to leader of the pack, overtaking the biotechnology group, which isn't really a therapeutic area but is currently included in this taxonomy. Cancer's rate of increase far outstrips those of the following group of therapeutic areas of neurologicals, up 4.6%. Alimentary metabolics, up 4.7%, and anti-infectives, up a poultry, 2%. The increased oncological focus means that cancer continues to grab a greater share of the paragraphs. Now 39.8% of all drugs are in development against some form of cancer, up again on last year's percentage, and continuing its steady march towards world domination. It does mean that as it occupies more and more of the narrative, other therapeutic areas must be being squeezed proportionately. Sharpening our focus somewhat, we move to the top 25 of the 243 individual therapeutic categories used to classify drugs in the sightline suite of products. The anti-cancer immunological category again commands the most attention, growing its pipeline size by 5.1%. But the more general anti-cancer category in second position trumped that figure, posting a massive 14.8% boost. Gene therapy once again came in third, although its rate of expansion has dramatically slowed, being up 6.3% as opposed to the 23.3% increase we saw in the previous 12 months. Elsewhere in the top 10, the status quo largely remains although there are some sizeable rises in the numbers for immunosuppressants and CAR-T therapies at the lower end. Again, the most remarkable thing about this year's top 25 is how stable it is compared to the previous year. There are no new entries at all this year. This is one chapter in our story that's not exactly packed with incident. As noted, cell and gene therapy continue to be major focuses for the industry. They have both emerged as major drivers of drug development over the past 20 years. It's also worth noting that these two approaches form something of a Venn diagram. While there are 2,083 gene therapies and 2,049 cell therapies in development, 1,197 therapeutics are classified as both. These are therapeutics where cells are removed from the body and undergo genetic manipulation ex vivo before being reintroduced to the patient, with examples including the aforementioned CAR-T therapies. 
This means that we're reporting the development of 886 gene therapies which don't have a cell therapy component. These will be mostly the more traditional in vivo gene therapies, whereby attempts are made to correct genetic diseases by inserting a functional gene into the body instead. Similarly, there must be 852 cell therapies where no genetic manipulation is involved. The viral vectors used in gene therapy also reflect the different ways this technique is used. The adeno-associated viral vectors are the most popular, and it is this virus which is most commonly used for the in vivo gene therapeutics. There are slightly more under development this year, 483 versus 466. As the graph also breaks down each vector by phase development, you can see that although the vast majority are still in preclinical development, there are a sizable number beyond that, especially at phase 2 clinical trials. The second most common vector type, lentiviruses, in contrast, are more usually used in the ex vivo transfection of cells for those agents which fall into both the gene therapy and cell therapy buckets. Their overall numbers fell over the past year, sitting at 241, down from 279. Numbers in the other categories haven't changed all that much year on year. Now let's look at the different types of cells being used in cell therapies. T-cells, such as those used in CAR-T therapeutics, are the most popular, with their overall number increasing this year from 909 to 976. Following behind them are stem cells, which reported a slight drop from 448 to 437. What's notable about the cell therapy field is the huge array of different types of cells being utilised or investigated as potential therapeutics. Additionally, there are no fewer than 19 other cell types, indicating the diversity of approaches in use here. We're now zooming in to really examine in detail the specific motivators for the pharma industry at the individual disease level. With the top 25 diseases indications, note that non-specific indications such as cancer and specified have been removed from this analysis. Breast cancer remains the most popular target for novel drug R&D, with a hefty 8.7% increase in the number of candidates currently under study. But non-small cell lung cancer at number two has closed the gap with an even more impressive 11.2% expansion. Two more types of tumour come in next, both shuffling up a place. Also evidencing an increased interest, colorectal cancer up 11.8% and pancreatic cancer up the most of the four by 14.2%. Sliding down the top five is the category for therapeutics against COVID-19 which is down two places to fifth and is the only disease in the top 25 to have fewer drugs in development this year than last year. But more on this in a minute. The novel coronavirus is joined in the top 10 by Alzheimer's disease at number 8 as the only other non-cancer indication in the top 10. Indeed, 15 of the top 25 diseases are once again forms of cancer. Alzheimer's disease doesn't seem to have had the turbocharged boost in interest that the admittedly not entirely successful launch of Aduhelm, Aducanumab, might have been expected to bestow on its sector. Its pipeline size only grew by 6.7%, only slightly above the average. Perhaps it will get an even bigger shot in the arm now that the marginally more impressive Lequembi, Lecanumab, has also received approval. 
Further down the chart, the most significant shift is a big rise for GIST, or gastrointestinal stomach cancer, picking up a 20.4% uptick, over a fifth more candidates now than in 2022. This contrasts with much of the rest of the table, which again is characterised by having exactly the same cast as last year, and with few significant changes. This is the global picture, much like the English-language version of our novel, but just as most literary hits are translated into other languages, it can be instructive to look at versions of the top diseases chart across different parts of the world. The insight is quite revealing here. It shows that, across most of the world, non-small cell lung cancer has claimed the top spot, pushing breast cancer into second. It is only in Africa, where NSCLC doesn't even figure in the top eight, that breast cancer is top. COVID-19 is still the third biggest priority in the US and is runner-up in Africa, but it doesn't figure at all elsewhere. Similarly, rheumatoid arthritis features in the top four for Africa, Europe, both EU and non-EU, and South America, but is absent elsewhere. This table amply illustrates how, despite the global nature of the pharmaceutical industry, regional differences still play an important part. One recurring trope which many books feature is the anti-hero. Anti-heroes are characterised by qualities usually considered to be dark or villainous, but with traits that sometimes blur the moral lines, forcing us into an uneasy fascination with them. Examples include Scarlett O'Hara in Margaret Mitchell's Gone with the Wind, 1936, Pinky Brown in Graham Greene's Brighton Rock, 1938, Michael Corleone in Mario Puzzo's The Godfather, 1969, or, at the extreme end, Patrick Bateman in Brett Easton Ellis's American Psycho, 1991. Even though clearly infected with evil, these characters are propulsive forces in the narratives. Such has been the case in Farmer R&D with COVID-19. It has wreaked a terrible toll. But out of the wreckage, some good has come, as it has accelerated vaccine research and changed clinical trial practices forever. As noted earlier, I'm hoping that I can kill off my separate analysis on the virus after this year, sending the disease off to be lost amongst the huge array of background characters. But how close is COVID-19 to becoming just another disease? After all, 12 months ago, its latest sequel, Omicron, was becoming a bestseller. Analysis does suggest that R&D efforts against the killer virus did settle down in 2022 to something approaching a steady state. The number of newly identified antivirals, prophylactics and drugs to treat its complications definitely tailed off further during 2022 compared to 2021, seemingly across the board. Barring a further unexpected plot twist, it is to be hoped that three years in a starring role were enough and its relegation to the chorus is imminent. While some diseases have unfairly hogged the limelight, others can appear to be mere footnotes to the overarching narrative, but taken as a whole, form an important part of the story. Such is the case with rare diseases. Individually, they may not take up many pages, but taken together, they're forming an increasingly vital part of the story. In pharma projects, a rare disease is defined as one with a prevalence of less than 1 in 2,000 people in the EU or affecting fewer than 200,000 people in the US, equivalent to around 1 in 1,600 people. 
2022 saw even more rare indications meriting a mention, with 718 individual orphan indications now being the focus of at least one drug development project. All of this rolls up to a total of 6,682 drugs being currently in development against at least one rare disease, which represents 31.4% of all drugs, up from 6,080, that's 30.2%, 12 months ago. While rare diseases can fall into any therapeutic area, their distribution by therapeutic area is at considerable variance compared to where the focus of rare disease R&D actually sits. The highest proportion of rare diseases, 19%, are classified as alimentary metabolic. But when it comes down to the number of drugs in development, only 7% of the rare disease total falls into the alimentary metabolic bucket, indicating that there are a lot of rare diseases here, with few drugs in development for each. Given that a lot of niche genetic disorders affecting metabolism fit into this category, this is probably what you would expect. In contrast, while cancer only accounts for 12% of rare diseases, fourth by percentage, it still grabs the largest slice of pie by far in terms of drugs, with 39%. This increasing focus on rare diseases is emphasised by looking at our sister product, Trial Trove, and examining how many trials starting last year were in rare conditions. There was quite an uptick in trial starts during 2022, with a rise of 25.4%. While it's true that Trial Trove has expanded its rare disease coverage over the past year, this alone cannot account for such an increase. Andrew Benson, Senior Director for Trial Trove, estimates the coverage expansion would only lead to a percentage increase in the single digits. And of course, this data chimes with our own observation that rare disease R&D continues to be on the rise. Moving away from rare diseases but sticking with clinical trials, let's review the full panoply of clinical trials underway at the start of 2023 by therapeutic area as reported by Trial Trove. Note that Trial Trove uses slightly different therapeutic areas to pharma projects. In the world of trials, cancer pretty much has one ring to rule them all. With almost three times as many ongoing clinical trials, that's open, closed or temporarily closed trials at phases 1 to 4, as any other therapeutic area. The number's up too, from 16,207 to 17,614, indicating that there are 8.7% more oncology trials underway this year than last. CNS comes in second with an even more impressive 10% uptick. While nearly all therapeutic areas reported an increase, there was one notable exception, anti-infectives. There are actually 1.2% fewer anti-infective trials underway this year, the strongest indication yet that the COVID bubble, which had fueled significant increases in the previous two years, has finally begun to burst. Indeed, the number of ongoing trials involving treatments vaccines or supportive therapies for the novel coronavirus is down from over 2,500 to 2,384 this year. While the number of planned trials, although still high for a single disease, also seems to have peaked, falling from 1,770 in 2022 to 1,679 now, as I predicted it would this time last year.
Finally, in our section on motivations for our characters, we take a look at some of the regulatory incentives utilised by the pharmaceutical industry, as arguably money is the greatest motivator of all. Probably in literature as well as commerce. Think of most of the characters in F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby, 1925. Anthony Patch in the same author's The Beautiful Damned, 1922. Or numerous Charles Dickens characters from Ebenezer Scrooge to Uriah Heep. Orphan drug status and the various expedited review designations available to pharmaceutical companies are designed to make development of certain kinds of drugs more financially rewarding, providing market exclusivity or quicker routes to market for drugs that are indicated for rare conditions or address particular unmet needs. The industry was as eager as ever in 2022 to take advantage of such regulatory forms of encouragement. The number of drugs receiving orphan drug status designations across the world was up in 2022, coming close to the peak seen in 2017. However, there was a slight fall in the amount of expedited review designations granted. Emergency authorizations, which really came to the fore during the early days of the pandemic, unsurprisingly fell back somewhat last year. While the overall structure of the pharmaceutical industry is little changed in 2023, it is still encouraging to see drugs in development for more diseases overall. 1,452 individual indications now have drugs under development, up from 1,408 a year ago. And for more rare diseases too, plenty to retain the interest of all our company characters. As the distraction of COVID-19 begins to fade, organisations both big and small can return to their areas of expertise with enhanced perspectives and renewed confidence in their abilities to develop novel therapeutics in a timely manner. And now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good. John Steinbeck, East of Eden, 1952.